Welcome to the Victory XR show. This week, we are talking with Dr. Zach Wall, a professor, educator at Northern Illinois, Northern Illinois University, who's doing some really great things, amazing things, not just at the university, but also in the prison system. So we're going to cover all of that here. And uh, Dr. Wall, thank you for joining us. Uh, Steve, I appreciate you having me here today. So let's talk a little bit about you and your role at NIU. So uh, you are a, you, you teach teachers, is that correct? Yes. So this is my eighth year at Northern Illinois. I am a, like an associate professor and I train physical educators. So essentially any college students at NIU that want to go and become, you know, future physical education teachers, they would enroll in a series of classes and essentially I'm in charge of a lot of like the higher level clinical experiences where we're teaching like lecture content, but we're also going into the schools to teach as well. Okay. So Zach, let me just say you have the look of a PE teacher, <laughs> not, not to stereotype, but uh, I, I like the look. Um, so I, I think a lot of people who would listen to this today would say to themselves uh the metaverse metaverse education virtual reality would be the opposite of pe or physical education can, can you talk to us a little bit about uh how they can intersect yeah absolutely um i think for me personally when i train my students a lot of it is about getting practice and getting really high level practice so kind of like how I've gotten started in this whole, like kind of this, the, the metaverse rabbit hole is a couple of years ago, I was doing some research looking at visualization. So prior to my students going into, whether it's like an elementary class or a middle school or a high school class to teach, I would say, okay, I want you to sit in your car, sit in your room, and I want you to like visualize how you want this lesson to go. You know, like you, you all know like the space you're gonna go into, you know, the students, like what they're gonna look like and you know what your plan is. So I want you to like really like sit there, close your eyes and just like think about like exactly how you want it to go. And the real the reason why I do that or had them do that was because a lot of the research says if you're practicing things, if you're visualizing how you want something to go, typically the result is going to go more like the way you prepared for it. So, you know, whether it's Olympic athletes or fighter pilots or surgeons, a lot of them are usually using that visualizing technique to just basically get a, a sense of like what their plan is prior to going in and teaching. And, I mean, I definitely can't make the argument that PE as is life or death as maybe like fighter pilots or surgeons. But, you know, the thing that I want my students to get a sense of is, you know, you're basically have the lives of these students in your hands and like whether their experience in your classroom or your gym could kind of make or break their enjoyment of physical activity or sport for the rest of their life. And a lot of like what my teachers do can kind of dictate how, how students enjoy PE and physical activity and sport. So in terms of like how I kind of got started is, you know, I wanted my students to have this opportunity to kind of get the best, most realistic practice that they could. So maybe about four years ago, I partnered with an undergrad student here at NIU where we actually created a virtual reality gym space of the elementary school gym that my teachers were going to be going into prior to teaching. So essentially, instead of having them just like sit in their car, sit in their room and visualize their success and visualize their plan, I forced them essentially to go to this virtual reality space immediately prior to their teaching in the physical space. 
Um, and we had a lot of success with that. And the students that went through that process were really like had some really positive things to say. And I saw some drastic improvements in their success um, when they actually taught, like when they pre-utilized the virtual reality versus what they did not. Got it, got it. And so I think you would describe yourself as not a particularly uh, deeply technological person, but you you still embraced this this new technology. Can how did that go? Yeah, so I'm not the most tech savvy person. Um, I have an iPhone six, and <laughs> I and so which which hates me. Everyone that it's better. I, I'm typically in a lot of iPhone group chats, so typically the Android people might not like that, but. Um, I'm usually, I struggle with certain things, you know, from a tech standpoint. And I think for me, a lot of it is just, you know, personally trying to like figure out the kinks of making sure everything goes smoothly. But, you know, I'm teaching and working with a lot of, you know, Gen X or Gen Z students that tech is just part of their day-to-day -day life. And, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, we taught classes on Zoom for a full year and you have to be able to embrace kind of what are the norms with the students that you're working with. And it would be a disservice to, for me to not utilize something that I might not be as comfortable with if I know that it's gonna actually lead to better, you know, higher levels and better levels of training of my students. Yeah, great. And, and how would you, so, so both Zoom and virtual reality can be remote online learning. How would you compare and contrast Zoom and uh, education in the metaverse? Yeah, of course, um, you know, I, I personally think it's really challenging to get, you know, I think there's nothing different. There's, there's nothing that replicates kind of like that in first in person face to face with a student. Um, when I taught on zoom, it was really challenging because a lot of students, they wouldn't put their video on. So, you know, God only knows if they're even there behind the screen or if I ask a question in class, you know, it's easy for people to like put their head down, but I can sit there long enough and stare at somebody or use my body or proximity to get some of the final answer question. But on Zoom, you know, you really can't do that. It's really easy to hide. And it was really challenging as a teacher. I felt more like a comedian, like I was trying to put on a performance um, than actually trying to teach the information. And I think in the metaverse, you know, it's not, it, it you know, it is face-to-face, -face, but it's as real, it's, you know, it's not quite that same experience as when you're in person, but it's as close to that as possible. And it really does replicate kind of the authenticity of being, you know, in a, the same physical space where you can actually go and, you know, touch somebody in real life. So I really, I prefer it teaching in the metaverse and VR way. It's, I think it's more, it's a better, more, a more authentic experience for the students that we have. And I think it's a lot easier to um, disseminate the information that you're trying to teach kind of in that context versus zoom where it's really impersonal like the virtual you know world is so much more personable than kind of zoom and i a couple of people have asked me this you know and hopefully we don't go back to a pandemic anytime soon but i would i you know i zoom is definitely easier you know you click a button boom everyone's there sometimes there's some kinks you have to work through with the vr but once you kind of figure that out i'd much prefer teaching in this environment to Zoom, I, I I would not go back to Zoom having done this. Yeah, I think uh, that's what most professors who try, you know, probably not 100%, but it certainly the vast majority come to conclude. So there, there are a number of tools that you can use once you're inside, uh, you know, in with NIU, we built sort of a, a fun 
digital twin replica metaversity, uh, but there are a lot of other classrooms as well. And I, I think you've probably even developed some of your own. Um, but once you're in there, there are various tools you can use. You can show videos, you can uh, pull in 3D objects, you can, there's some classroom management tools as far as students speaking or 3D sound and all of these various tools. Talk to me uh, about some of the tools that you utilize and why you utilize those. Yeah, so we have the Anderson Hall gym space. So it's basically a gym that replicates where we meet you know, face to face a couple of times throughout the semester. So predominantly what, what I have my students do is they go into that gym space and they will prep lessons that they're going to actually teach in person. And they get a sense of, you know, how it's going to go, how the spacing, how to kind of manage the student that's the students that they're going to have in that space. So we use a lot of those IFX objects. So we actually will, you know, I'll put the ball in the, the students. I'll do it as well. But the students will actually put the physical objects that they want to use, like whether it's soccer balls or tennis balls or they'll actually put cones out exactly where they want to go i think for me personally you know i like to see the students actually use the gym lines that we have it's an exact like when i say it's an exact replica it's an exact replica where the, the gym space like the, if there's a black line in this spot like that's exactly where it is and in pe like we use those floor markers quite a bit or we use wall markers quite a bit and those things um, the, the, our students have the opportunities to practice in that space, utilizing those items, which is really helpful. Personally, I, I, I'm a big like whiteboard person. So like I love having the whiteboard and even posing questions. And then I can kind of put that, pose a question on the whiteboard and then replicate it or copy it a bunch of times and then spread those out and have my students use their own now personal whiteboard with the question that I posed. I do that quite a bit. Um, I always just think like for whatever reason I when when we go in there I always try to do have a laugh so I'll always throw like the Apache helicopter at the end or like <laughs> T-Rex and be like you know you're gonna be teaching a bunch of kids and you know you're gonna have to sometimes have like there's those students that are tricky but you're never gonna come in there's never gonna be a T-Rex in there so but and you know try to throw things at them that they're not gonna expect but also to kind of to make it light because again it's not. You know, it's not life or death, but I do feel like they get such a good practical experience kind of walking through their, their the lessons they're going to teach kind of in, in that space. That's those are really the the way we, I think, use the tools. Most do, you ever, do you ever use any of the classroom management tools where you can silence everybody or draw everybody into the same space or, the, you know, there's a number yeah. of those. Yeah, it's funny. So it's actually one of the, the labs that we do. So we the, the focus of this class is effective teaching practices. So essentially different, you know, effective teaching behaviors that my students can do and use as future teachers that are going to help manage their students. So one of the things that we use in the schools are something called like a stop go protocol. So like if the teacher wants to get everyone quiet, they would say like freeze, and then everyone in theory is supposed to stop, look at you and like put your equipment down. So I, I've used that like the mute all, I think it's called or whatever the function in like the, you know, in the, the metaverse and then kind of use that as like, hey, like in this realm, this is like what my stop go protocol is. And then I'll turn that off and then try to utilize my personal ones to make sure that they are you know, using it correctly. But yeah, I, I've used that stuff all the time. And then we also, I think you spoke to the videos. So we have some 360 footage of some of my future or some of my previous students teaching effectively. So that's stuff that we've used as well. So they can get a sense in that metaverse 
you know, it's, you're basically in this, I, I like to call it like a huge like IMAX. It's like the 360 IMAX where the, you know, the, the video is everywhere. So they really get a sense of like what it's going to be like teaching in the schools and they get fully immersed, which is such a different experience than just like watching a class, either observing live or even, you know, watching footage on a screen. It's such a better experience for them. So that's really interesting. And just so that our listeners all understand a, a 360 video, um, unlike true VR, where you can move around, you can pick things up with with 360 video, you're going to be able to watch it. But it's video that if you look up, you'll see the sky, you look down, you'll see the ground, you look all the way around, you can turn all the way around 360 and see, see the room as it was at the moment that it was recorded. So that's actually a really interesting use case that I had never thought about before where you actually record a class and, and let students see and experience what an actual class looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So it was kind of challenging to get the footage. So I actually had one of my, so, you know, it, when we go into the schools, we'll have the teacher, like my, my student, so it's an NIU undergraduate student that's leading the instruction teaching maybe, you know, 15 or 20 kids. I'd also have another one of my undergraduate students sitting in the middle with the camera. So there was definitely some like, you know, the kids, of course, will dance in front of it and those types of things. <laughs> but, you know, it's also was a little shaky at times. We tried to figure out a way to like dangle the camera from the ceiling, but it didn't quite work. So we're still trying to figure out the kinks there. But, you know, the crux of it is just like you said, Steve, like we they got a sense of they can get a feel for actually being like engulfed in the space that you just can't get, you know, yeah. Then we can also, you know, like what we would do is we would pause at certain times and it'd be like, hey, like the teacher was looking at this thing over here. They didn't have eyes on this side of the gym and like, look what's going on. Like this is an opportunity that they missed. So it's really cool where when you're observing the class in real speed, like you can't just stop everything, you know, and pause it and then see like, hey, like he missed this. Like, let's see what happens. And then, you know, not that a fight broke out, but like this would be right. like an example of, hey, like they missed this opportunity to give some feedback and look like they continue to you know do the skill incorrectly like these are just opportunities to you know just really teach our students and get a sense of like what what they can do differently that's brilliant so uh funny my favorite 360 field trip i've ever shot was actually on a dairy farm and i was able to put the camera down right in the middle of the herd that's and awesome. they they acted just like the kids <laughs> yeah it's crazy. They, they'll do the TikTok dances. Like it takes, to be honest, it typically we we're used to filming and it's basically just like an iPhone in the corner and they'll like in the beginning of the lesson, they'll, you know, do a little dance or say something to it. But usually after a couple of lessons, they just basically forget it's there. The 360 one's tough because you have a, like a person in the middle of a space. So that makes it a little trickier. But my hope is that kind of moving forward, I'm going to continue to, that's going to be more of a norm. So the students will be more used to it. Or we just figure out a better way to to film it so there's not a, like a real live person in the middle of the class. That's that's funny. You know, you can dangle them from the ceilings, and then the, the 360 video will be fine that way if you if you figure that out. Yeah. Um, so, uh, which camera are you using? Is it one that the department purchased, or and, and roughly how much are you spending on it? Oh, it's there it the, is. I have it right here. It's the Insta 361. Um, it's like, I think it was maybe five or 600 bucks. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you recommend it. It's actually one of my, uh, I run a summer camp in Pennsylvania in the summers. I've been doing it for the last 10 years. And one of my former colleagues up there, Clara, she actually is a film director. Um, and she's 
she's she's won a couple Sundance awards like she's does a really good job and so she uses it and this was the one that she recommended based on price point and based on just ease and the ability to upload it and we've we the the university funded it we got a couple of them and just you know the tripods and just a couple of like suctions just to see we can mess with it some and it's been fairly easy again as like a non-tech savvy person it's been fairly easy for me to do we use the same camera so it, yeah. it's a great camera it's for, affordable and for me it travels with me wherever i go so i can just pop it out and and do some recording in a, a new location and they're cow proof as well i guess right so yeah that's right that's right so let's talk a little bit about your role with incarcerated youth because that sounds like a well first of all a, a very important uh project but um also very interesting when it comes to education in the metaverse yeah so we i started um a program it's called project flex so a little shameless plug if you google it niu project flex or go on our instagram or linkedin you can kind of see some of the work we're doing but essentially we started it in 2018 and it's a physical activity and life skills program for incarcerated youth in the state of illinois so when we started we had got just little small seed grant to fully fund just like one graduate student but over the last five years, we've been able to expand to three of the five state facilities. Um, we've got a pretty sizable budget with the state. Um, and we are in these, of those three facilities, we work with about 80% of the youth in those facilities. A lot of them are in for like some violent crimes, a good bit are in for murder. And, you know, it's we do a lot that revolves around sport, but we also have an educational component as well. So we do one on one mentorship. Uh, with our graduate students and then each semester at each facility we bring uh, a group of four to five youth to campus to niu and we do what we call a college readiness like leadership experience and essentially we'll bring them to campus they'll go to college classes they'll take tours they'll meet with different student organizations they'll sit in the dining hall take tours of the dorms and we really try to engulf them and provide them with like uh, the real true experience of like what being on a college campus is like so if you had a virtual reality option that students could enter in synchronous VR, you could have guest speakers come in and, and you know, potentially athletes or other people they might look up, come in and speak to them. Yeah, so absolutely. So they're like, I am typically, I have a lot of like really good, or what I think at least are really good ideas or about 80% of my ideas are usually pretty good. Um, and this is the VR and integrating this into our program is something that I definitely have a passion for and think there's a, there's a lot of practical applications. So some of the applications that I see right now would be just doing like visits. So we actually brought uh, this past Thursday, we had a couple of youth come to NIU and speak to students and their family was able to come. And it was actually after the panel the state allowed those youth to come out to eat with us. We were able to pay for a meal. And the mom of one of the youth said, this is actually the first time that I've eaten a meal with my kid, my son, in five years. Um, so just just having more, you know, obviously the face-to-face -face meetings are, you know, important, but it's being able to see their kids in VR and in, in like a shared synchronous space would be, really really life-changing for the families and also the incarcerated youth that's a practical application um, but also it's really tricky to get people uh into the facility for meetings or for guest speaking or for any sort of uh, event so like an example is we're actually 
in talks right now to try to get the owner and the general manager and the coach of the Chicago Bears into the facilities. Um, we have a connect with the Bears, and it's been really challenging even to get them in for a 30-minute little guest spot to get them to talk. So being able to, you know, basically pop into one of those lecture halls and then have, you know, the general manager or the coach of the Bears come in, that would be a really cool practical use that would basically be able to circumvent a lot of the the limitations that come up with getting people inside the facilities. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll make an introduction to Austin Carr, who was a former Big Ten wide receiver of the year with Nor uh, Northwestern and then played four years with the Saints, caught Drew Brees' last touchdown pass. He's he's doing work like this in Chicago. So he would be a, uh, he's doing another event for us. So he would be the type of speaker who could come in and, you know, he's the kid who had zero offers to play football coming out of high school, walked on at Northwestern and, and the rest is history. So, um, yeah, let me, um, I, I think uh, we would love to work with you on a project like that. I love what you're doing. I think it's so important. You know, there are very few things that are more important than trying to reduce the recidivism of uh, incarcerated youth, because not only does it affect them, but it affects all the rest of us as well in the neighborhoods that we live in. So uh, I would love to be helpful there. Um, why don't you why don't you take us out with your your thoughts on and hope hopes for the future of how we can use these technologies to improve education and, and life in general. Yeah. To, to before before I kind of get into that, just I, you said recidivism rate in Illinois, the five-year average recidivism rate is ninety-three percent. So it costs about one hundred eighty thousand dollars to incarcerate one youth, and essentially within five years, uh, ninety-three percent are going to end up reincarcerated. So it's uh, the essentially like what we're doing is extremely costly, has a lot of societal costs, but it's just not it's just not effective right now. Um, in terms of kind of like my like my future, I think that there's two avenues. I think specific to physical education, um, I really I really like to integrate this tool to not only train my teachers but provide them with the most realistic teaching experiences possible. So, um, you know, whether that's practicing their lessons prior to going into the physical space, or you know, being able to engulf them with as many high quality teaching experiences where they're actually going into the VR space, watching that 360 camera and being able to like essentially quiz them on these teaching behaviors that are really effective and not like I'm starting to build out a, um, you know, like a, a bank of 360 lessons. I spent, did a lot of hours like YouTubing 360 physical education lessons and not a lot popped up. So it's essentially like me trying to, you know, bootstrap it myself. And as you can imagine, time and money play a large factor in this type of thing. And it's, it's one of those things that as we continue to utilize the, um, the technology, I think we'll have more, you know, lessons to be able to watch them, you know, my students be able to watch. In terms of the prison work, obviously, I think there's twofold. I, I love the opportunity just to allow the youth to be able to see NIU's campus prior to those educational leadership retreats. Essentially, like, I don't know, there's, I don't know the stat offhand, but it's like 85 to 90% of the youth that are incarcerated have never stepped foot in a college campus. Um, and then there's like, I think it's a 70%, it increases the likelihood of them applying to college by 70% if they actually step foot on a college campus. So, you know, if we can't get them to like the physical decaled dirt where they are stepping foot on campus, I do think the virtual space, whether it's here or anywhere else, would be really 
applicable. And then the other piece that I'm kind of in the works on is uh, is looking at practical job practice. So essentially trying to prepare the youth that we work with for opportunities to, you know, basically get real hands-on experience uh, with some sort of an occupation and get job training so that they, once they leave the facility that they can, you know, basically go back to a different life than what they were used to. You know, the reason why it's, there's a 93% recidivism rate is because the youth are, you know, they might be housed in the facility, we might be doing good stuff in the facility, but if we're not giving them the tools to kind of basically get themselves out of a crappy situation, like they're going to end up right back there. So whether it's teaching them or providing them with certificates or college credits or something that's going to give them an opportunity to go back and, you know, improve their education or have a job, the essentially the hamster wheel is going to continue to go. We're not going to be able to kind of break that cycle. So those that would probably be from an educational standpoint, specific to, you know, training of teachers and then also from the incarcerated lens. Yeah, I love that. And uh, Zach, you are a pioneer in this space, uh, which is why there are very few YouTube videos on it, because somebody has to be the first. So, you know, on behalf of Victory XR and frankly, everybody, thank you for what you're doing. And I look forward to uh, continuing to work with you as we move forward. Yeah, absolutely, Steve. I appreciate the time. And again, for anyone that's listening that wants to reach out, I'm more than happy to talk through what I'm doing. I actually have had a couple different physical education educators that wanted to use the space reach out to me already. So um, whether it's that or with the work with the incarcerated youth, please don't hesitate. Shoot me an email um, or you can look us up on Instagram. It's NIU Project Flex. Uh, NIU so, Project yeah. Flex. That's yes, awesome. Sir. All right. Well, Zach, thank you. And for everyone listening, thank you for giving us some time today. 